Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone, and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hello, best friend, <laughs> sister, lover, ex-husband, charity co-chair. Hello, my dearest lesbian house painter of many years and assistant hairdresser, longtime confidant abuser, grandfather's neighbor who always drove me to school in his pickup truck every day. And I'll never forget your kindness. My name is Lily Murata. And my name is Stephen Phillips Horst. And this, this is, is Celebrity Book Club. Club. We today we are talking about an actually pretty big celebrity. Yeah, no, not like our usual D-listers, honey. <laughs> this person. She's this, big. Okay, she's a headliner. Okay, she's a movie star. When movies when movies were shot on celluloid, I mean, when, <laughs> when there still were movie stars. I'm sorry, but oh, they just they, don't exist. They don't anymore. exist anymore. Okay, okay, it's not this Netflix. It's you this... get up and take a shit in the middle. Right. <laughs> okay, I'm talking about movies where you sat down. Where well, you went down to the theater <laughs> and you paid 25 cents for a ticket and and, and you said, I want to see the Markle Mabel picture and. They they said, well, come right in, darling, because everyone's here to see the Mabel picture. And you didn't pull out your phone during the screening, darling. My goodness, no. <laughs> and, you, and then you went looking up on Wikimedia. <laughs> well, oh, who's in there? So let me let me see their top tick. What's happening over there? No, darling. These were real stars. They had real lives. They had real 35 faces. Five 
millimeter. We're talking about none other than Sharon Stone's new book. The Beauty of Living Twice. Um, This book carries so freaking hard. Yeah, this book is so fucking random, I guess, is actually kind of the word I was thinking. No, random is up there. I would say... It doesn't disappoint in terms of, like, she does give actress vibes. Yes. And she is like... I'm an actress and I I have lots of staff and I've had a crazy life and I'm very rich. Like that is there for sure. Every other page she's at can. Like, <laughs> well, it's giving. I actually wanted to start out the pod and kind of just quickly go through the checklist. I feel like now that we've been, you know, doing this for mm-hmm. a few weeks of things that it hits that we see that all pods do. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Number one, I was like a totally weird, gangly kid. And then it's yes. transitions, no explanation, into the fact that she became a model. But you're kind of like... I, right. I was super awkward. Everyone made fun of me. I had no friends. I was insanely smart and like this huge nerd who was so gangly and tall. I didn't look like anyone. And I was, I was a boy. Disgusting. I was, it was disgusting. So My breasts yes. were so big and so tiny. And that... My eyes were sunken. <laughs> I was so thin. Um, And they kept telling me to eat and I just couldn't. Um, And then I became a model and a sex symbol. Yeah. And um, okay, so that. We have Chuck. Number two. Number two, Buddha. She actually fully is a Buddhist. Yeah, she is a Buddhist. (laughs) She is the most Buddha statue. Of course, she's into um, Amma, that the hugging guru. Oh, the hugging saint. Yes, she's like now best friends with. (laughs) No, and it's just like I'm sure you and every other fucking innocent thinks that she's best friends with Amma. Just being like, no, and whenever we see each other, we hang out, and I tell her about my life, and she hugs me. It's like it sounds like that's the relationship she has with anyone. No, it's like this bitch is so free hug. Or like she's literally the girl in the park with the free hug sign. And you're like, we're so close. And like, whenever we're in the same town, when fate brings us into the same town with our crazy schedules. Oh, she's like, she actually asks me about my life. And it's like the narcissism vibes. And she's like, no. and I get to tell her about like my custody my, battle. My custody she, battle in the 18 different charity foundations yeah. that I founded yesterday that I'm also helping you McGregor found tomorrow. <laughs> and it's just like, this hoe is just sitting there just like nodding while she's hugging other people in a line and Sharon's just like and blah 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 and then Jude Law said that we actually couldn't get the flight to Urukmi <laughs> yeah. and I and I said oh what what when we used to but then thankfully Liam Neeson was able to charter us a plane so we could give supplies to the war torn children and then I called my very very good the, okay so I would say then what differs is like it's less like her like totally like spilling like Tea. Not a ton of tea. It's more just like the name droppery is so funny in celeb and a much more insane where she's like, it's every page is just like, and I called my dear, dear good friend Wyclef Jean. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's much more kind of accurately celeb in this way where she thinks everyone is her close friend. Yeah. And she's just like, no, this was so, it's so funny that I said this because Wyclef Jean, one of my really good friends, actually introduced me to Madonna and kind of Cole then came in the room. And it's like, these are kind of people that she probably met like once or twice, but like, I doubt that she's right. super close with. I mean, I was definitely imagining like Wyclef Jean 
is playing like Gone Till November and just like she's there in slim glasses, just like kind of swaying. Okay, I have to say one thing I got from this whole book was she kind of gives. Oh, but in the checklist also abuse, obviously. Oh, yeah, obviously abuse. Like and like, let's go with it. Incest, country vibe. Yeah. Factories. Oh, wait, is the incest? You mean when she said that her and her best friend like learned to French kiss with each other's brothers? No, no, no. Her grandfather abused her. Oh, yeah. I guess incest. Okay, that guess that is it's like your grandfather. <laughs> well, he abused the sister, but he didn't rape her. But then she like does say that he kind of did also. Here's it's a little bit unclear. Is the whole thing is, is unclear? Yeah, no, it's so, very. No. Well, I I felt like this book almost read like the way that your mom texts. Where you get a really long text and she's just like, Jeannie and I had rose peppers and my new like adoptee from Syria is coming along so well. And I can't believe Meghan Markle said that in her interview. I love this Netflix show. Call me back. You looked great in the magazine. And you're just like, what? This is 18 different thoughts. Like it, the whole book is so scattered. And it starts out with her having this like neurological condition that's completely insane. She goes to surgery. We should talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we need to talk about that. But I'm just like, part of me feels like... Like, it's not even scattered because she has a neurological issue. It's actually, she's just such an insane celeb that this is no, how she thinks. No, it's full celeb in how she thinks. And again, like, shout out to my mom, one of our biggest listeners. <laughs> we love, never stop texting like you do. No, and I'm but, obsessed with, I'm obsessed with a Roz text and I live for a Roz text. Well, I actually, before, this is actually what is so Roz about this book. So Sharon Stone identifies as kitchen sink Irish, mm. which is like poor. So there's, there's lace curtain Irish. Right. And there's kitchen Kitchen sink Irish. Lace curtain Irish means, you know, you grow up with more. You had lace curtains. So then I asked my mom and I was like, so Sharon Stone refers to herself as kitchen sink Irish. Like, what are we? And she. Well, let's just explain. So kitchen sink Irish means that you have like five people and living in the house together and only one bathroom. So you're pissing in the sink, which I (laughs) which I do know that our good friend Eric does from time to time. Because Oh, he did that when we were roommates. Yeah, yeah. He was always pissing in the sink and that bathroom was like already disgusting. And it's like But I think that's like him being this like pathological, disgusting like gay guy where he like needs to mark his territory or something. Yeah, it didn't feel like needed. Or I don't know. It's like or I feel like he was so much more like piss bottle in the room and like pissing in the sink. And it's kind of like Girl. I mean, well, I mean, that mansion you... where we did me and Tuckle Eric, as I guess we'll refer to him on the pod. <laughs> as opposed to just like Eric, I don't know. Your brother, Eric? True. Okay. Got yeah, it. A lot of Eric's. I guess that house was so kitchen sink Irish because it was like nine people living to this massive dilapidated house. And that's your trauma. But yeah, and that's where I was kitchen sink Irish. But then that's my mom. And she goes, I've never heard of kitchen sink Irish. I, I think the more common term is shanty Irish, your lace curtain or your shanty. Okay. And that's shanty just being like general seafaring folk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like because you live in a shanty or you live in a house with lace curtains. Right. And it's like that is actually what's so Sharon Stone is. I feel like she kind of made up. I do think shanty is probably the more used term. And I feel like she kind of made up kitchen sink Irish. I don't know. I feel like my mom is a little kitchen sink Irish, but not, also I'm, lace curtain. She's in the... I'm just seeing links to kitchen sink suppliers in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Siobhan Shavano Clarity's kitchen sink suppliers. I'm seeing an article in the Irish Times that says eight no takes on the kitchen sink. <laughs> no, uh, if you yeah, Google... Okay, so Sharon Stone, you're fake. You made it up, but that's cool. And I'm obsessed with that. And she has 
has absolute license to make up her own terms. Exactly. Because my mom, I want to say they're lace curtain because like her parents were doctors, but they also lived, they were also 11 children and probably just had one bathroom and also had horses and crows in the home. Maybe my she, grandmother had a pet crow. Did I tell you that? so haunted and I fabulous. I know. It's so a portrait of a lady with so, a crow. <laughs> yeah. And it, like, I feel like they tried to like kind of treat it as a parrot. Like and make it talk? Yeah, make it talk. And Ooh. it did like laugh or something sometimes. This is twist. So that's what feels a little kitchen sink Irish to Edgar me. Edgar Allan Poe up in here. No, I know. Full Poe vibes. I feel like maybe your mom was like pissing in the stables or something. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're a little more like stable Irish. Outdoor stuff. But this is also very Irish because, you know, the Irish are known storytellers. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. It's which a I feel country like is, of bards. <laughs> yeah, which I feel like is so Sharon Stone. Maybe that's where the Sharon Stone kind of Roz connection of these kind of like strong. Well, she's on. fascinated by people. People and, and the stores. one passion and through line that you see throughout her whole life. It's she's fascinated by other people, whether it's her gardener or mm. her cook or, or her, her head of security. Head of security. <laughs> or a woman, a, a, a sex worker. She met. Okay, what I get also is the most celebrity that like definitely like the Demis are like not getting into like just this full kind of like ad for her being like the best human on earth. Of her being a humanitarian. I mean, every... Yeah. Celebrity does this and like starts a foundation and like from my very first book on Dragon like starting in school, right. it's like they all want to do this and they all want a Nobel Peace Prize. She actually has received a Nobel for right. something. I mean, she clearly does the work. She does a lot. I mean, I think, but it's, it's like the most self. She's so, and I'm, no, I'm mean, going to mispronounce this word, self congratulatory. Boom. Boom! Nailed it on the first try. Speaking, yes. Wow, you really. Um, that's that's very Sharon. Stone, you're sticking it to that like speech teacher you had in middle school, the one who told her that she was just like dumb as bricks and would never be um or like slow as slow as ice. Oh, I forget. Wait, did they put her in a dunce cap or her brother? They in put a her dunce? brother in a dunce cap, and it was very traumatizing. And then he later became a coke dealer, coke dealer, which is the first. I feel like okay. So the whole like first part of the book is like her being like, we're kitchen sink Irish, but then like also going back and forth to like her brain but aneurysm at age 40. It's so confusing. And then all of a sudden she's no, like, I felt like I was having a brain aneurysm reading this same, book. Same. Cause I was like going back pages. I was like, sorry, did I miss something I, when she's I, like, my brother was, and then he turned into a bad Constantly man. thought that I had missed something that she had, that I had, was like, was I just speed reading? And I didn't right. see this part where she was like, and she revealed that like someone had cancer or someone raped someone or someone was murdered or someone went to jail wait can i read this passage mm -hmm. about the brother because it this is also what's kind of your mom text where it just moves so quickly <laughs> where she's talking about her brother and how he's like went during the military as right. a teen one day when my brother was in the air force he was up on a hydraulic lift working on his car and then jumped down catching his wedding ring on the trunk latch and ripping his finger off he ended up in the amputee ward with the vets coming in from vietnam he got gangrene and nearly lost his hand and part of his arm he saw too much these guys were smoking marijuana and using heroin to cut the extra phantom pain that they were struggling with. This is where he began to see the drug world unfurl. This is, I imagine, where his life changed from that of a country boy with the all-American ideals to the guy who ended up in Attica, which was a prison that he was sent to for dealing cocaine. You're like, I'm sorry, wait, hold on. He ripped his <laughs> like, wedding finger off a in a lift and then was in a military like hospital with like heroin junkies and became a coke dealer and then went to jail for 15 years. And then he couldn't get a job in Hollywood when he moved in with her because he was 
was an ex-felon. And that's what led her to start so the foundation. So starts our foundation with my very good friend, Quincy Jones. <laughs> producer of such incredible albums as Thriller and Bad. It's also so fab how, like, she acts, instead of, like, um, I feel like how some books, the celebrities, like, it's just a stream of conscious where they're like, and we're in conversation, like, and honey, like, his dick was huge. This is, like, kind of like, she acts like you guys are old friends and she doesn't need to fill in some of the details. You know what? I'm like, girl, we don't know this shit. Yeah. Like, she's need- <laughs> definitely the brother stuff. And then, so when she's, like, raped by her grandfather... She's just like, at some point, she's like, and we are all survivors. And and my mother left Clarence's home. And then when they dropped me off, the cats were tied to the bathtub. And he took me into the room. And that is the thing about being a victim. And you're like... And you're like, I'm sorry. Sorry, what happened? What? No, there's and a I part where... And I do get no, that it's like, as a victim, you... It's, you know, you're not well, remembering part, things. Well, but then, I mean, she actually described, I mean, in heroin, I feel like it's very then she describes abuse later the on, way when yes. she's describing her sister getting raped by the grandfather. Oh. And it's so like, it's so movie the way that she's remembering the certain details, just being like the grandma is preventing her from leaving the room. That was actually the scariest part. It was like such a scary Ryan Murphy thing with this grandma is pr- like, right. With the nails, like gripping the sides of the door. They're like, you can't leave till you like suck my 80 year old husband off yeah well she i mean she's watching her sister no i know just being like you have to which watch. was also so janice that like she's walking in the sister that's so funny because i mean i but also it, wrote well what, so did you write janice i wrote janice vibes in my notes I, also because it's she's a model at the same time okay janice that, i'm so curious if they overlap because she's at studio 54 she's gone on go and she talks about meeting so she actually becomes a model in the early 80s and she's like going to paris and like going to studio 54 i feel like they literally were maybe getting booked for similar jobs probably also so and she, janice never mentions sharon which makes me think that there's something going because janice mentions everyone i know and I'm like, the fact that she, I was like, does that mean that they like, well, had an issue? Here's some Detective Lily work. Okay. When she's like first trying to become a model, she goes to see Wilhelmina. And Wilhelmina already Wilhelmina has, has cancer. cancer. Oh, that was later on. And that was Janice's. later. And Janice okay. had already like left her when she had cancer, but like went to go visit her in the hospital with right. Gia. Right, 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 with Gia. Um, and she was just like, thank you for everything you did, even right. though you like didn't believe me. And I like walked out of your office to get a better contract across the street. So I feel like maybe like Sharon was going on and she said she was like sent to the weird jobs. She was being like a fit model when Janice was like oh, she already doing Versace. They were just like, you and your fat ass, Sharon. Stone. <laughs> <laughs> and that photo that producer Meg was just showing us, the ass was giving me flat boots. But I guess the concept of a, of, of a the woman. ass has changed quite a lot since the 80s. Uh, oh, I think what so. What was fat in the 80s is now like, you know, is thin and people would, you know, they would get injectables to get rid of it. Yeah, them. I don't think like the ass was something people appreciated. No, they didn't. Well, I also think that there wasn't a the concept of the ass being different than like the hips being wide. I was like, people thought that like wideness was just bigness at all. Whereas like now I think there's a much more like nuanced understanding of like, you want the ass to be big, but the waist to be small and like the legs to be thin, but like the thigh gap, like with a huge ass or whatever. If I may actually argue with that at one point, isn't like the iconic, like fifties, how like bodice though. Hello, like bullet bra. It is to be more Betty page. And like, 
big hip, small waist. But even then, though, I feel like there was an understanding that like you wanted there to be an hourglass shape, but it was the ass itself was not yes. thought of as an objet. Except for, okay, this is so random, but I kind of think like men's asses were like appreciated well used to be bigger and like in this like cowboy sense of people being like hubba hubba like john travolta's yes and i do and i and i and my anecdotal confirmation of that thesis of yours (laughs) is that i feel like i always hear women of aunt or mom age being like look at that look at that butt they always say well he has such a cute butt like i feel like that's always my mom or other moms are always just being like saying that a man has a cute butt and it's like excuse me yeah you're like what? You're looking at this like dad jeaned ass being like, what a cute butt. And I'm like, well, girl, like, it's not like you're rimming it. So no, like, that's why do you question. care? It's kind of funny. It's like, are you OK? Two butt anecdotes of people of like, uh, like divorced aunt energy. One, my mom's friend, Annette, who I've mentioned in the pod before, took me to Reba. Brad Paisley opened and he okay. was like not famous then. He was wearing these Wranglers and she was like, oh, look at that butt in those jeans. <laughs> and it was so like me being a teen, like hearing this woman who like is in her mid 30s being like, talk about like, I was like, oh, I was like, Okay, and it's like I how I don't even know like how big Brad Paisley's like. I think it's because of the Wranglers class right, are super flat around the butt. I mean, it's that Bruce Springsteen, yes, all American, that five hundred ones, and then my other butt comment is I just watched that new show that's like based off Aaron Brockovich, Rebel. Oh my god, you watched <laughs> Rebel? <laughs> anyway, there's a part in it where she's talking to like this old lawyer that she works for and is like talking about his dead wife and being like, your dead wife told me you had an an ass for days. Ew. It's like, what? Ass for days? Maybe I'm paraphrasing <laughs> ass for days, but like it was like, it was like a munch, munch, munch. And it is kind of my question is, again, to what, straight girls. What are y'all writing. doing with the ass <laughs> that you, that you are so <laughs> excited by? Cause I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that the vast majority of them are not Rimming or pegging. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I could see Sharon Stone, like, looking at a guy being like, oh, mm, mm, mm. look at that (laughs) ass. We were smoking hash. Okay, so another checklist. She is pretty sober, but she loves weed, which is cool. I feel like we haven't kind of, like, done a stoner. Well, I don't, okay, this is the thing, and this is where she's so me slash just, like, any study abroad girl, where it's like, (laughs) Does she love weed or does she just love the romance of just like running guns in Africa in the 80s and getting hash like from this man from Madagascar who gave it to her and they all smoked hash in the hotel like during the Civil War. It's like she likes the sort of like romance of hash and it just reminded me of like smoking hash in Paris when I was in college and just like riding on the back of a drug dealer's motorcycle through Paris and just like thinking that I was like the sexiest, most like feminine person on earth. But like, I don't think she's so like Courtney Cock or like Shoko or whatever and like lighting up a joint with her gal pals like around a pizza oven. Well, funny that you say it's pizza oven. May I read? I do fully agree with you that she's beyond study abroad and is just like because, okay, she's- Well, we'll get, yeah. I'm going to read this passage 
about her time in Africa. About Zimbabwe? Yeah, and pizza. Oh my God, the pizza party. Wait, <laughs> yeah, no, this, this is this, what I wanted to talk about. Okay. This was so Eat, Pray, Love. Wait, okay. When she makes the, when, the when. pizza, wait, can I, can I read it? Well, find the passage. Okay, wait, 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 okay. I went to the kitchen. So whatever, she's in Zimbabwe. Context, she's shooting a film in Zimbabwe. The film goes up in flames. It's like, there's, there, there's, there's rain, there's drought. There's like a middle of like a civil war. There's an incredible famine. They're like staying and she, at. And she's always like, you have to go to Africa. The most wonderful people. But it's harsh, honey. It's, it's a harsh life, but it'll change you. And she's like staying at this Afri- this hotel in Zimbabwe. And she's like, none of them had ever seen a film before. Right. It's like she's, it's, this is again of like her being the most like boomer person because she's like, again, being self-congratulatory. Like how obsessed she is and how many friends she made Why in don't Africa. Why like introduce all these Zimbabweans, like the, the beauty of cinema? Yeah. Okay. We all became close in our little groups. Oh, also, by the way, I listened to this on audio and her voice was oh, unreal. Yeah, I'm it's kind like, of jealous of this. It's like not, I feel like we do our like theater kind of like darling actress. It's like, is that like Sharon Stone, like smoky There's a smoky, voice. yeah. We all became quite close in our little groups. We went through so much. There was the issue of the borders being closed. So when we lost a dolly wheel for the camera cart, we couldn't get another one. Frankly, we couldn't get anything. Not decent food, nothing. I got an old television and a VCR and a huge box of tapes sent over. The first film I played was Lawrence of Arabia. All of the hotel staff were absolutely mesmerized when I put it on. They had never seen a film of any kind. It was wonderful. So it is also like her being white savior, also this entire book just being like, can you believe these poor people had never seen Lawrence of Arabia? And I and I found an old VCR and I got to show them the great films. The great films. The great flicks of the 50s and 60s. Okay, Open their minds. I, I went to the kitchen and found flour and water and old awful faded to white canned vegetables and made some haphazard pizza. To this day, this remains the best party I ever had. Black hash from the Congo, very bad pizza, (laughs) and this film playing while people looked behind the TV to see where it came from. She's like, they were, they didn't even know. Like, they they had to look behind the TV. What's this magic box? I mean, okay. We were so happy, and it was so beautiful. We were filthy and poor and starving. Full of love. It's like, well, actually, you weren't poor, babe. You, you had already not, like done basic instinct and poor. casino. You like were just here, just sort of like on a sort of kooky work trip slash vacation. Um, <laughs> but I feel like this is so me, and I was just being like the most incredible moments are you have that you have are like not the fancy restaurant, but where mm, but where you yes. just happen to be at a random broken down fourth century inn <laughs> in the south of France with the villagers, and you make this kooky, crazy coco vin with just like expired chicken, and everyone's laughing, and you have the most incredible wine, and it's three euros, but who cares? Oh, who cares? The three? It's like you know the times are right. It's like the times you remember isn't at con, even though she mentions con every other page, but it's literally defining you because it's like you're you're study abroad, you're itching to go study abroad again already. And it's like you're just being like, no, it was like free. It's like when someone says they had a crazy night, it <laughs> usually involves this. <laughs> it, it, it means just like you stayed out late and like 
met someone you didn't know no, and like so, went to a third someone, location no. and then there were beers when someone okay. has I had a cra- no it's so true because like an actual crazy night you don't really say like oh I had a crazy night <laughs> right it's like, like you're just like oh I like slept with this guy or just like oh I just like mm, we like partied so much or, like oh like I did just like 18 eight balls or something but like <laughs> when you say I had a crazy night it means that you met someone of like a different socioeconomic status <laughs> yeah. you like, you got in a Vespa. You got in a Vespa. You like talked with someone who's like older than you. And you, about, shared like, stories you shared and, stories. And it's someone that and you, you wouldn't know. for life. Celebrity Book Club. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumbled down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. She also, by the way, I mean, I will say, well, you know, obviously do our rating at the end, but I I would urge people to even read this book or listen on audio. So this is not really a spoiler, but I'm like, she literally like takes claim for like being the front runner activist of the Soweto uprising in South Africa. Wait, yeah, that was insane. She was just like, and so we are there while Soweto was on fire. And so we we stole walkie talkies from the PAs. Yeah. We cut holes in the fence. We were getting families out of their burning homes. She was like, I told everyone on the crew to give their per diems to like the children with burned down homes. We stopped calls. And you know, we, and- n- none of us can 
fact check any of this. And I don't think, you know, she does have this. She did literally win a Nobel Peace Prize. She won a Nobel Peace Prize or something. So she obviously has this urge to really inject herself into humanitarian situations. Like, and it's mostly kind of, you know, it's always in this sort of same vein. It's always a very out of Africa. It's always like a third world. No, and she did say also, I was kind of. But she's also concerned with local homelessness in California. She, I, I was actually kind of surprised that like Roan or Laird or one of her children haven't like, haven't like told her. Kids her. have the most just like medieval names. Wait, no, Laird. This is this was so insane. This was so me actually. Just giving myself a giggle. Okay, <laughs> she was like, what happened? She adopts Laird, which we'll, we'll get. We'll hold that. I'm just gonna get through the Laird story, then we'll talk about her other. Yeah, I mean, we're waiting. Too. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. She adopts Laird and is just like, some people have ice cream pregnancy cravings. My cravings were to watch surfer movies. And it's like, you weren't pregnant. You adopted. <laughs> <laughs> so you just wanted to watch surfer movies. She's like, my friends thought I was ridiculous. So she named her son Laird after like someone from like a 60s surfer movie. Yeah, though, no, this is where it's just like, you are batty, <laughs> batty. Yeah, and you're like, so you're waiting for adoption papers Watching a lot of surfing I mean, movies. At the same time, you know, I'm a huge believer in psychosomatic things. And it's just like, you know, how real is pregnancy cravings versus how real is I'm going to have an adoption oh, craving. It's well, like, obviously, obviously yeah. the body is preparing itself for something. Oh, my God. And this is, oh, and adoption people don't start. This is where I get canceled for being like rude. To oh, ad- no, we're, at, we're so, so pro-adoption. <laughs> Do not let the adoption police come after us. But no, we are, we, I mean, it's a, it's a family like any other. Absolutely. Anyway, so I'm sure you do have cravings, you know, and to, yes. and surfing, it's very chill, you know, it's about catching waves. It's just, it's, and yet, bam, 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 some bam. of those waves can kill. It is an extremely dangerous, dangerous sport, sport. And I don't yeah. want to encourage people to go out there without the proper training. I, have you ever tried to surf? Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't skateboard. I can't surf. I mean, I, that 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 sort of balancing the balance is it's wild. Me. Yeah, like standing up on the board for two seconds. I can't do. I mean, you know, I'm a skier, right? And a skier is your your legs yeah, too. are parallel, and you can use both of them. The, the problem with snowboarding, skateboarding, surfing, all these things is it asks you to twist your body in this way and and have your feet be like conjoined. Here's what I don't get. Why I, are the most quote unquote badass sports? You have to have amazing balance. So all my life, obviously, I wanted to be badass. I went to surf, I wanted to skate, I went to snowboard. I have horrible balance right. genetically. Right, because of your gyroscopic vertigo issues. And my father had horrible balance. Right. So you're saying... I'm saying, isn't it more badass to have bad balance and like fall everywhere? (laughs) No, I completely (laughs) agree. It's 10 times more fucking punk to have vertigo than it is to be a fucking surfer. Sorry, Paul Walker. Yeah. Oh, I got to stand on this one board. No, I, I I agree. I think it's like it's Thank way you. more fucking badass to <laughs> rollerblade. <laughs> and speaking of rollerblading, Sharon Stone would roller skate around <laughs> oh New York when God, she yes. was going to modeling gigs, and that's when she booked her role as an extra in this Woody Allen movie, which is what started her film career. And there's that insane scene when she's like just got off her roller skates. I'm sure she looks like 19. Yeah, she's sitting in the waiting room, and Woody it's Allen. The 70s. Somebody like didn't show up for this role, and Woody Allen comes out, and she was like, and I was reading a children's book and I and I guess <laughs> so like Woody creepy. Allen was interested in that and you're like 
Ha ha. Oh, I guess he was. I feel like this is what she does in the book. Like, she, she's not going to go against. She doesn't actually call out anyone. But, but she leaves his. She's like, huh. Well, wait. What, the- well, the Harvey Fires. I mean, not Firestein. Weinstein. She's talking about, like, again, some fundraiser or something. And she's like, and of course, it was um held by Kenneth Cole and his very good friend, Harvey no, Weinstein. She said, now notorious. She was oh, like, and his notorious friend. <laughs> and then it's also like, okay, so Kenneth Cole and Harvey Weinstein were like bros? Every, what do you mean? Everyone was like, bro- Harvey Weinstein was like, like the most powerful person in Hollywood. Everyone was with him at all times. And so then the only, like, then she kind of like drags Harvey a little bit later when she talks about how she spoke out about China because of what they were doing to Tibet and she's so free Tibet and then she was like oh, and, she got, and she got all this like shit in the press and then she well I mean I like that she was just like everyone was such bullshit and like yeah. Dior dropped her Dior literally dropped her because she had like the gall to criticize China I mean and, f- and she's being so like fuck Bush oh wait die how obsessed are you her publicist is the Dixie Chicks publicist oh yeah I and know. she's like and I loved what they did when they Stuck it to George W. Bush. And they're be- she's being just so... And, and she and put them about. on magazines instead yeah. of not putting them on magazines. Kind of like, well, a publicist is like supposed to put her clients on magazines. But then she's like, and my publicist did answer for me like after the whole China thing. No, she thing. was pissed about the China thing and all these statements were going out being like, I mean, it is insane. I'm sorry, but it's just yeah. like, you actually just like, you couldn't criticize China then. You can't criticize you still can't them do now. It now. I'm sorry, but like, you we're know... We're getting shut down by Monk Paco. No, I'm sure, I'm sure Monk China. is just for even talking about this. <laughs> Monk Pack is going to be just like, sorry, we're cutting the sponsorship. Yeah. We're severing ties. You know, everyone's got to kiss the goddamn ring. So she says one thing where she's like, where's all that money that I like raised for China? Or she, raised, something? Like, she raises $18 million on Barry Diller and Diane von Furstenberg's yacht <laughs> for my very like, good friend. Generally I- for China. And then she's like, and I don't know where that money went. And I feel like it's just kind of this weird admission of the fact that this entire world that she's a part of is completely all fake. A she the goes, whole philanthropy community is just like it's just rich people like writing checks to other rich people that like go to the some organization that like goes to nowhere and no one cares. It's just about. But a then gala. She, when she's like, mm-hmm, "Ask Harvey Weinstein where the money went." Yeah, <laughs> that's all she says. And then she's like, "And you're kind of like, okay, like so, what are you implying?" And then she'll just be like, "And this whole thing about the Me Too, like she keeps on like referencing Me Too." I mean, the thing is, she can't. She's so every sentence just like immediately goes on to another sentence. No, it's like she, no idea lasts more than like maybe three lines in this book because she's just absolutely jumping all over the place. Wait. The other thing I want to talk about her style when she's like she's always like shocked when she like gets to go to the Oscars, which is also so ridiculous. She, I mean, it's very kitchen sink Irish. She's always just like and we're watching TV and I'm sitting there with my lesbian financial advisor who's dying of cancer. And they announced the Oscar nominations. And then they announced my name. And I said, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> but she talks about how this is so like crazy. Did you see the part where she talks about how Vera Wang, she was, quote unquote, she was like helping Vera Wang transition from bridal to fashion by like <laughs> being insane. Oh, by like wearing her dress. Yes. Well, 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 when and the then, Vera like, Wang dress gets ruined and that's when she wears the iconic gap yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. So she also 
this is so insane and just like out of a movie. Her Vera Wang dress falls off a truck and gets run over. And run over and it's like this pink dress and like a big, huge, huge monster truck tire just, like goes up the center of it. And so her like friend comes over and friend's like, just get the, your three favorite things out of your closet. And they just style this look with what she had in uh, her own wardrobe. Can you imagine? Can you imagine your own clothes? And it becomes the iconic Oscar look. Wait, producer Ben, can you pull up the iconic Sharon Stone Gap t-shirt Oscar look. It came, it was an accident. It came because the Vera Wang dress got ruined. And sometimes the best outfits yes. are accidents. They come in a panic. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, it was like the most insane part of the book. So much She was on Nantucket for 9-11. Oh my god, yes, wait, we need to talk about... <laughs> wait, I'm also obsessed with last week reading Tan, his like whole chapter about like being Pakistani during 9-11 and flying, and she's like... So, I was up early. I was on Nantucket Nantucket. during 9-11. And her response is, like, so random. She's like, we had to get to... She's like, I called a ship off the Boston Harbor to, like, take us. She got, like, a private ferry. And it's like... And then the she whole just story. She about as quickly as possible just to get back to Pennsylvania, which she always calls Penna. Yeah, which is like, why is that? Why? Because the terrorists are coming for Nantucket? It was just. This, I think that's just like classic, you know, like random response. You're like, I need to get home. I need to be home. I need to be with loved ones. Um, but then all she does is the first thing she does is like throw a pitch out at the Oakland A's game. You're like, okay, so 9-11 hits. You need to leave Nantucket. Well, to like she throw leaves a pitch. Nantucket. She go, I feel like they're home for like a couple days, like with her parents or whatever in Pena. Mm-hmm. And then she goes back to the Bay Area, which she never really explains like why she mm. feels so like based in the Bay Area. This is why. And this is in my research. Okay. And why she's so vague about it is because. Her second husband, Phil Bronstein, is like an investigative war reporter, and he lives and they live in Berkeley together. Oh, because he's part of like the intelligentsia. Yes, because he's and such a photo uh, a photojournalist. Oh, I've always wanted to like date a photo. And he's like such a war reporter. And anyway, but that's the thing. She poured her heart into the relationship. So she throws out the pitch to the Oakland A's, and then like two weeks later, is when she has her insane neurological situation. Okay, wait. Two things. So, I do feel uh, obviously I related to the being on Nantucket during 9-11 thing, <laughs> yeah. mostly because of my childhood and current adult current time spent times. on Nantucket. Um, not because of 9-11. Just because you, your parents have asked Nantucket. Yeah, because my parents have asked Nantucket and I related to that trauma. Um, but I, of Going course, to Nantucket. <laughs> as you know, I was on a camping trip for school during 9-11. You were at Bivouac. I was at Bivouac. And can I just say a note to our listeners, as you've famously, we've argued about, not famously, just in one episode, you know, Stephen was quite mad when I left middle school to go to a different high school where I met quote-unquote cool friends and didn't invite him to events. One of the main reasons I did not continue on to the high school at Buckingham Brown and Nichols is literally because I did not want to do that two-week camping trip that was required. <laughs> it was freshman year starts with this mandatory two-week camping trip in New Hampshire where it's like all the students go up with the teachers, which is like so hello, me too, question mark. Well, because my sister went on it and she like talked about like bathing and like seeing the math teacher's dick and just like right. date. Well, most it was all about like also digging the trains and, and I was always, like... So, the lowest art teacher boobs are present. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm just not trying, I mean, to, yeah, to just shit in a hole and bathe my math teacher for two weeks. Yeah. Sorry. It builds character. <laughs> I mean, as you know, I was a Boy Scout, so I wasn't like, it wasn't so more like, campaign foreign based. to me. I'm like super anti. Um, not- but yeah, but I, I, you know, to this day, I'm actually kind of grateful that I was 
in a sort of sequestered wooded environment for 9-11 because I wasn't bombarded with the images Mm -hmm. on media. And I feel like I didn't sort of like buy into the whole, I wasn't so 9-11 pilled like the rest of the country was and I wasn't so just like traumatized by it. I was just like, who cares? Like, Well, I will say... If now we're kind of going into our 9-11 experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember them. This is very short. Stone in Zimbabwe rolling in the, the TV through the cart into my Spanish class mm. and us watching the towers. And that's why you never actually learned Spanish because you were so <laughs> traumatized by 9-11. Otherwise, you'd be fluent. But I feel like I was like just starting to make my like group of friends, which is like still currently just like our only friends. <laughs> Like Sam and Ellen. And I remember like all, I just feel like it like kind of, obviously I realized it was very sad. Did you see a divide between the the so-called libtards and the based people in the class? Yeah, it was very just like (laughs) me. I remember me, Sam and Ellen, just like there was this girl. I remember sobbing, being like, being like, my uncle lives in Ohio. And And like crying because of that. And I was like, okay. Okay, because like there is a (laughs) Pentagon office there. And like, I feel like I remember just like me and my like squad being kind of like, okay, yes, obviously like 9 11 is bad, but like, I'm not going to, like, start <laughs> sobbing because, like, I may have a relative, like, in Pennsylvania, like, where the Pentagon maybe oh, is. Oh, wait, where that other, where the fourth plane Yeah, crashed. the, like, yeah, the, so, sorry for Ohio <laughs> I, stuff. I just love <laughs> yeah, the like, idea that you say there's a Pentagon office <laughs> in Ohio. It's just like, what does that mean? And Lily speak. But okay, yes. That, anyway, but it yeah. was just, like, I'm sad for what happened in 9-11, but, like, there was... <laughs> <laughs> No, same. No, I just remember I was a little grossed out. I remember being like by the people who were being trying to make it like personal and I got like grief is different. Right. I can, you know, you're kind of like, no. oh, okay, babe. No, like, I mean, I think that's iconic that you could already sort of see that because, you know, fast forward to today and anything that happens, anyone will make it their own personal Thread, drama. Twitter. You know, you thread, know, Twitter. Twitter. Everyone yeah. is just absolutely beside themselves over anything they even hear about that doesn't concern them at all. Right. It was like, oh, okay, so now we're a squad because we're like the nihilists and just being right. like... Yes. Fuck yes. yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck Bush. <laughs> Fuck Bush. <laughs> okay. Dope. So, yeah, that's my 9-11 tale. Um, yeah, and please, like... Yeah, write in with yours. Write in with your 9-11 tales and when you realize that you were fucking based and badass and didn't give a fuck about 3,000 Americans losing their life. I'm sure like someone has an aunt who died and they're going to like write in and be like, I can't listen to the thought anymore. Um, but then, of course, I was so I feel like as you called me out, just like obviously like so Cambridge pilled and just like everyone was fuck Bush. And then, as I also mentioned, my mom's friend, Annette, who took me to Reba, like came into the house in a huge freedom don't run shirt. And I was so shocked and I was so like, babe, what? And she was so just being like, pucker up, Osama. (laughs) We're coming for you. I feel like it was in (laughs) so much more of a casual way where she just like picked it up at CVS, you know, picked up the Freedom Don't Run tea. Like, we didn't talk about it, but I was very just like. I mean, I would would not be surprised at all if you came over to my house today in a Freedom Don't Run (laughs) t-shirt from CVS that you had just purchased. That wouldn't surprise me even a (laughs) tiny bit. Well, that's probably how I got so Freedom Don't Run because she took me to country concerts and was wearing, it was my only exposure to Freedom Don't Run culture. Right. And everyone else around me was like, fuck the Iraq war. Fuck the Iraq war, but like, remember the fall. Um, yeah. You were like, bitch, who cares? <laughs> Freedom Don't Run. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we should talk we- about the adoption and 
Roan. Okay. Wait, I was just, okay, I just had this page open. Maybe I should just wanted to maybe read this first quickly. Because it's just, it is the part about Amphar, which also this entire book is about Amphar. But like, there's, it just has a, it's very her in the way that she lists celebrities. I just wanted to quickly. Right before you say that, can I just say to our listeners that we have a huge history of knowing what Amphar is because of our love of Kathy Griffin. And she talks a lot about an Amphar event in her stand special, allegedly, which we were obsessed with. Wait, did she talk about Sharon Stone in that? I think she does. She does. And she's always just yeah. like, and then Sharon Stone came along, I would eat her shit. Like, I'm right. obsessed with her, but she doesn't <laughs> yeah. care about me. Um, yes. So if we seem like we're using Amphar too <laughs> casually, like we have too much of an intimate relationship with it, it's because we were obsessed with this Kathy Griffin DVD <laughs> that we got at Virginia Megastore in junior year of high school called Allegedly. Do watch it. Okay. Anyway, this is <laughs> Anyway, that year, the year I turned 50, I had finally reached the end of this press line when Cindy got pulled away to deal with another issue. Madonna had not arrived. She was quite late. As she had not arrived at the party in her honor on Barry Diller and Diane von Furstenberg's yacht the day before, <laughs> we were all beginning to panic. What if she simply doesn't come? Well, I don't know what exactly had happened in Madonna's world that disallowed her to come to the party on the boat. I do know that Barry and Diane allowed me to turn this into a pre-fundraiser for Amphar. Then I asked the then head of Amphar, Kenneth Cole, and his notorious <laughs> psychic at the time, Harvey Weinstein, if we would use this money to help fund pediatric research for HIV AIDS treatment in China, as this year our other co-host was Michelle Yeoh, <laughs> and our attention was on China. <laughs> it's just like, okay, sorry, carry the two. Yeah, no, truly carry the two. Like, how many more celebs, like, can just, you Are you draw? trying to cram in? But just being like, and ultimately, we were sort of trying to focus because Michelle Yeoh was involved, her being a Chinese actress, and we do support them. But then also, she was dragging China for their treatment of Tibet. <laughs> right. And, and I then, still stand by my views on. Oh, and she does stand by her views. And she was like, and I stand by this and Dior's bullshit. The thing about her Madonna, because it's like, there are these like two iconic blondes. And it's, you know, she, I feel like they also had like two amazing sessions of hangs. But she's like, we're so similar. We're so similar. And we know each other so well. But we've only met once. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just very celeb, like, oh, my dear, dear friend, Madonna. I mean, they've probably, they're both very I mean, AIDS they fundraisers. Were, they're so they probably. So AIDS fundraiser. Because so, also, Amphar is Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. I mean, that listen, squad. you know, if you're a fag hag, you're a fag hag. Sharon Stone obviously is a fag hag. Well, she, she talks, talks about. about <laughs> <laughs> actually, speaking of fag hags, actually, get out of my voice box. Like her, like best friend who, of Roy course, London. Roy London, who did pass yes. due to AIDS-related complications, and like she worked in the modeling industry, so obviously everyone died. And it's like that's so Janice's book. There's like three chapters where just everyone is dying. I mean, I think it's very like anyone, anyone who's, who's alive in the eighties. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Wait. Can you tell me what happened? No, that's, with, oh, well, here, sorry. Here's here's my big question. She talks about how she lost custody of her first child, Roan, and then she says in the book, she goes. But due to legal reasons, I cannot speak about it. And and then she like we, she phrases it in this way where she's like, and like a good woman, I'm not going to talk about what I'm not supposed to talk about. So I'm not going to. And you're like, wait, sorry. So are you like speaking your mind or not? And then she just moves on to another topic. So I was so confused, as we said, like in this book where you think she is you've missed a page. Because also I also want to talk about how this book is made, like the binding of it. It has, like, rough pages. Wait, I'm obsessed with you discussing the binding. Yeah, okay. let's get into book talk. We never talk about the paperweight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so let's this, get into stock. It's, 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 a, it's a thick stock, and it has that thing that, like, 
nice books have where it's, it's uneven pages. It's une- the length of the pages aren't even. I don't know if that's because the actual pages aren't even or because the way that it's bound. I think it's bound to have that effect. So, okay. So I know a little bit about bookbinding because I took a class at Gallatin oh, called stop. Making a Magazine. <laughs> Well, you know, there was also a book binding. I mean, again, showing our priv. There was a book binding class, I want to say, at my high school. Yeah, I mean, your high school had the <laughs> fakest classes in history. Well, that's the thing. I was like, ooh, I can't camp, but I do need to go to a high school that has a book binding class. A book binding class, class a food class. <laughs> Everyone else is just like fully having to read Ulysses and just like write a paper. And you're just like, bring in your favorite cupcake and talk about it. (laughs) Not true. Okay, I was getting wokeified way earlier than everyone else. I read Fast Food Nation instead of camping for two weeks. Okay. I remember that you, I read that because you read it. And then I didn't eat McDonald's for like six weeks and it was really hard. (laughs) See, like really affected you. And it was like everyone. Well, then I went back to eat McDonald's and I still do. It was very that thing where it was like, we're just going to set up for everyone to come into this high school the most annoying person on earth. No, I mean, your your high school invented, like, woe culture, Tumblr yeah. culture, call-out culture, Call, like, call-out culture. culture. Like, everyone was canceling everyone for just, like, going everyone to Wendy's. Everyone was, like, fully, like, I just, like, when I think of your high school, like, everyone is just doing, like, the... Like look, like look, looks like they're about to have a panic attack. Well, just like that, that nervous energy when just like you're worried people, about I an feel... injustice that doesn't affect you. Well, it also. I f- oh, by the way, in the audiobook, she fake cries throughout the entire thing. Oh my god, she goes. Wait, fuck, it, I need to hear that. No, yeah, she's like, it makes me want to cry. Uh, and you're like, she sounds the, so my mother. Also, the Oscar. I mean, I'm just like handing her the Oscars because it's like it's so. It's fast. kind of insane that she only has one Oscar nom for Casino. Well, I mean, okay, wait. So can this goes ta- back. Can we haven't talked the, about her career at yes, all. Yes. Wait, the, but we also want to talk about. We well, talk about Roan, and this goes back to the child. So, because I was like, wait, I need to figure out what's going on with this child and the adoption, and so I was going to wikis and stuff, and then I was looking through because I was like, I've seen Basic Instinct, and I've seen that that Netflix movie, The Laundromat. She did with. Meryl Streep, but I didn't realize how many Razzies she has because she always talks about like wow. shitty films she has. She's been um, nominated for so many like Razzies. I do also think though, like people have, a, and this happened with Demi Moore as well, where she was more respected after the fact, mm. and partly because like people didn't have the same appreciation for like hardened yes. women roles as they do now, and like didn't understand the sort of satire behind them. It's like, what's this, that guy who directed Basic Instinct, who also directed Showgirls, like Paul Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Like <laughs> I think those films are recognized as like actually like quite smart and like yes, like, and, and they at the were. Time, people are being like, what? A movie about strippers? This is bad. This is trashy. And like Basic Instinct was like thought of as trashy. And she has this part in the book where she was like, oh, and now everyone thinks yeah. it's cool. But, you know, at the time, I didn't get any love for it. Well, and so have you watched like the pussy scene? There's the whole thing where it's like you see I mean, like, her vagina, I'm, but you can't I really. I feel like I actually haven't even seen it. Or maybe I saw it when I was 19 or something. But I like, I mean, I know it's like the most iconic scene in film history, but I. I have recently before we even decided it was like on Twitter or something like that. I mean, it's I, a I famous wasn't, movie. I wasn't. You don't need to make excuses for having seen it. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I've seen basically. I'm saying I watched a slow mo of the pussy scene. Of the pussy scene. Because you were hard. <laughs> yeah. I, well, that's what do was you my see snatch or no? I, you really hardly do. Okay. Is yeah. it just like it's just like is it like so fast? Is it like so dark and like kind of blurry? It's super dark and there's like kind of it looks like a white light and it's just so dark and it's just a flash. You're not you're, seeing like folds, lips. No, you're not feeling pink, like folds. 
like there's no. nothing like I that. I mean, maybe some with better eyesight come through and call me. Like, I really, like, and I went back again. But you were watching this, like, really shitty pixelated on Twitter, um, yes. On and Twitter. obviously, I don't remember when I saw Basic Instant. Wow, the way those <laughs> words just came out. That was crazy. Not a single syllable was correct. <laughs> okay. Instinct. <laughs> Wait, I just found one more passage that I feel like really exemplifies the book in terms of celebrity name dropping and also all of the charities that she's constantly starting. <laughs> I know you're about to read this passage. Do you know the part where she, like, method acting style goes to maximum security prison? Oh really? my I god! I like, need to talk so about so insane. No, that actually killed me. No, that was <laughs> like that was the funniest part. The most like a nineties Hollywood thing where she's no. like, she's like, so I and I was it's cuffed, so... and they and they checked my anus. They, they, they checked all my orifice and I had to walk through and I, I they told me that I'd be anonymous but I wasn't and as I walked through the prison I heard them screaming fuck Sher- you fuck Sharon, you, Sharon Stone. Stone Sharon fucking Stone fuck you and every iteration there and she's walking in again in her classic look and, and, and short like, hair and I, she's, I'm sure she's already acting so much and she's got like this slick like, back no. short hair and she's like in the cuffs and she's in the jumpsuit and then she's like and they take me in and honey there's no pillow it's a cold steel Black cut. This isn't the Four Seasons. It's oh, Death Row. If Death Row, I'm that <laughs> line. It's the not the Four seasons. seasons. It's Death Row. Um, and I just have to tell you, when I was in kindergarten, they took my class to the Belmont Town Jail. Not the <laughs> Belmont Jail. <laughs> and what? honey, let me tell you this: it did look like the Four Seasons in there. <laughs> it was like I literally remember jail cells it was kind of like very moulin rouge like it looked a little like i feel like there was crushed red velvet padding seats in what? the cells <laughs> in the holding cells i'm sorry what, what do you go what do you get sent to the belmont jail for i know what's when your you when you bring home a chardonnay <laughs> instead of a pinot grigio as your wife asked <laughs> when you get the wrong fabrics for the place settings like Overnight, having too many guests. Yeah, yeah. On having, Thanksgiving. Having, oh, you know what? I bet for overnight having overnight parking. Yeah, too many cars parked mm-hmm. in your little cul-de-sac. Oh, <laughs> oh my I'm God. sorry. Call the cops. I can't believe they took him to the Belmont <laughs> they jail. They were being so, like, they're scared straight, just like, okay, kids, like, you don't want to be bad because you could end up here in the Belmont jail. Well, it worked. It worked. You've never been to jail, you prissy ass little silver spoon fed bitch. Okay, I've I got a drinking ticket once, but no, I have not been to jail. Like you got a drink ticket? Like at a show? Yeah. <laughs> no, like a yeah. drinking. See, I gave it to you. A I drinking remember. ticket. I had to go to court. That's anyway, huge. but yeah, that's the thing about insurance. So is like she is such an active vista, but again, it's like. In this most, like, 90s... I mean, she's the most iconic 90s rich white woman. I mean, I also feel like <laughs> actors don't do that kind of method acting no, crap anymore. No, they don't. That's what... Like, she is right. The films don't exist like that anymore. They really don't. Um, but, okay, wait. Let me just read yeah, this read passage this I've been trying to read for the past 40 minutes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we started Camp Planet Hope. First for homeless kids, and then for homeless kids and their mothers, who generally slept outside and in the alleys of the shelters in an old appliance boxes, leaving the beds inside for their children. We got medical buses supplied from Cedar sinai with the help of Michael Douglas's family, and eventually dental buses supplied by my friend Dr. Jake Grossman. dental buses. With whom we started Homeless Not Toothless. This allows homeless kids to have the dental care they need to go to school, and homeless adults to have their dating health. We now have 
every kind of dental care and every type of dental specialist, all volunteers. William H. Macy and his wife, Felicity Huffman, helped us raise the funds. We are all complicated as we learn how to become transparent. And I'm just like, what? What the fuck is that last line that makes no sense? <laughs> sorry. So, D- dental so, buses. So sorry. you started Camp Plato, then, then you started Dental Buses, then you started Homeless Not Toothless with Michael Douglas, but and also like, with Billy Mason, Macy, yeah, let's, and Felicity Huffman. But we are all complicated for- as we learn to become transparent. Sorry. So, like, it's really complicated of Felicity Huffman to, like, contribute to Homeless Not Toothless. Because, like, she is also because involved she, in a different toothless journey. Because she is trying <laughs> yes. to sort of become more transparent in her life. I just... I did, like the connections we're not making them and it's like Sharon I don't know you <laughs> don't I'm know not that. following sorry I'm not part <laughs> of your family I don't know you the, the segment, segment foundation, foundation. What, 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 what does she eat what does she wear how does she, she live? live okay what does she well she says she's a vegetarian yeah I point. mean she also says she's anorexic so yeah. <laughs> she's not eating she, that she's much not eating. <laughs> and if she is she's like she's definitely like again like making her three beautiful sons like grilled chicken and she's having one bite yeah I mean I again we there's the pizza scene with the like this canned oh, like shitty the crazy tomatoes. pizza so scene. like yeah. she's which kind of also gets well, back shows... to your mom and her infamous like the fruit quesadilla fruit quesadilla at 3 a.m which we'll talk about another time but like yeah. maybe she is so just I feel like she's I picture broccoli rob like mm. like broccoli rob and like spicy and, and an egg and it's like kind of but it, she's not actually being so Alison Roman about it like she's not actually being like Himalayan sea salt and she's not getting it so brazy it's just kind of like steamed and whatever steamed vegetables and she's the, also like pan Asian she's like whole wheat udon yeah like layered and roan are coming over and the house has so many Tupperware containers full of steamed broccoli rob that like she hasn't eaten I think it almost, you're you're being a little experimental with so much steamed broccoli rob again she is like Irish, like it's steamed broccoli. She's lived in California for like the past thirty years. I think. I mean, absolutely, but it's. She's I think, not still just being like potatoes only. No, but I mean, like, I yes, there's broccoli raw, but it's not only broccoli raw. I just mean, I also see her at the farmers market, just being like, these leeks look wonderful today, and I became best friends. Oh, she also obviously talks about Marion Williamson. Yes, in the book. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's fresh. It's Marion Williamson, who also is like so anorexic. Yeah, I mean, right. I think that she's it's buying fresh steamed vegetables. She's buying gorgeous <laughs> leeks in their sitting in a bowl on the counter and, and like, she's not doing anything They're like, them. also the Tupperware is like BPA freaking certified. I hope so, now that we know what it's doing to sperm count for mm. Rowan and Laird. <laughs> right, Laird better be fucking. <laughs> okay. How what, does she, what does she wear? What does she wear? I mean, well, I she feel says like she, all black. Johnny Cash is like her normal. I feel like she's like sleek black Armani t-shirt. Okay, that's so funny because I actually think of her as so JLo in all white and only wearing like white sweaters and cream pants. I totally, I know because I think of her so okay, cream. So she's actually in a. Well, it's it's a black and white photo on the cover. So it's a gray. Know. It's like a gray sweater. Okay, but babe, this is a black and white photo. So this sweater could literally be purple and it, you wouldn't know. Because <laughs> that's what black and white does. But I don't know. I get the vibe. It's gray. <laughs> Again, it's an actual black and white photo. So you getting the vibe it's gray is not a reflection of the true I'm color. just saying she refers to herself as Johnny Cash multiple times in the book. <laughs> Who are, who's also Where's your all, style icon and yeah, is always wearing like a big black Western button down? Yeah, okay. Well, it's actually it's a little more tighter fitted vibes. 
I mean, like, I Johnny guess that Cash makes sense. Johnny Cash is not so oversized. No, and actually that kind of makes sense as like she as an East Coast anorexic girl, like East Coast anorexic girls love to wear all black. So that yeah. kind of makes sense. She's just like a black trouser, a black jean. I mean, I do think in for red carpet 90s vibes it is this like cream jacket as we're no, discussing. No, but, but in the famous outfit she wore um that black it was it was dark black laser yeah, black, black armani so it's yeah it's all black okay you're right okay. ring a fire how does she live i mean buddha to the boots, buddha to the boots. okay like, i do feel like she has a two-bedroom kind of like hollywood hills bungalow uh no babe laird roan and would her three sons live three with her? sons she has to have like oh, a room so you think for it's kelly so nancy myers and huge and I double think island yeah i think it's double island i think it's a huge white couch surrounded by buddhas yeah huge island where they're gathered round eating the steamed vegetables yeah so many there's so many built-ins like so many marion williams and books and, and so many like books. The, the parents, and... the kitchen sink Irish parents moved in with her for a while. The father died. I feel like, yeah, it's. I actually think it's also, it also could be Spanish and there's a casita. I think there is a casita. I guess I feel, oh, maybe it fully is Spanish. It's Spanish Nancy Myers in the inside with Buddha. Spanish Nancy Myers with Buddha. Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of just the dream Hollywood home. No, it really <laughs> is. But I just, I love that overlap. Oh. That's so beautiful. Is that merch? Yes. Spanish Nancy Myers with Buddha. Buddha. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, who are you in the book? Oh, God. I mean... I... Are you stone? I mean, at parts, I obviously identify with her, but... She's so cuckoosimo that I'm just like, I really stop myself before I ever get to that point. I'm like, I don't, but... Yeah, I don't know if you're stone. I mean, obviously... I think you got a little bit stone, but also maybe you're just, you're... In some ways, I wish I were more stone. I mean, I, I do like how, you know, when she talks about... She talks, I will say, very little about her career in this book. We yeah, got a couple so moments. so much more... Because, you know, the, I, f- I feel like the biggest juicy reveal of the book is that she didn't know that they were filming... Her actual yes. nude crotch, and which, as you of, say, isn't even really. But nude it is this moment of like the preemie too, just like she yeah. stands up to him and she gets lawyers and she's like, I should have known. I should have known. But then she's like, I actually do want it in because it's like good for the character or whatever. The other part about her career that she's being like so like she's like, I'm this like amazing producer and I cast Russell Crowe before anyone wanted to. And I cast wait, Leo no, before I, anyone wanted to. I was like, wait, so wait, what? Because she talks about the next few movies on she was just like and i picked like i invented leonardo DiCaprio, i invented russell crowe i invented sam raimi it's like you invented all of these okay you thought i feel like i'm actually i'm sure and so because when i'm kitchen sink irish too because um i'm always claiming that like i invented you and daniel or whatever oh yeah no you literally brought us together you like invented my style style. i'm always like i invented it like i called it like you called it you turned me on to like everything i've ever been interested in and it's like i want to be her lesbian security guard who died of cancer but like yeah i would love for you for that for you (laughs) (laughs) but it's like that woman sounded like i mean that woman was okay here's the thing oh and 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 this is what i think is so occasionally you dip into this but i think what's so good about you in this is you're not that kind of lesbian who's like so checking ob- tires being like well a who so that but who's so just like obviously in love and obsessed with the straight woman and just like falls around and like yeah. I think that is such a lesbian trope of like those are like kind of like you know 70% butch lesbian who just kind of like such a Kimmy on Anna Nicole yes, who you know what I mean this- 
who follows this like this like crazy straight woman around and just like clearly is does in love her with bidding. her yeah. and like does her bidding. Like I don't think that you are that Thank kind of person. You. <laughs> you don't think you're Kimmy from Anna Nicole. <laughs> yeah, it's like nasty ass Kimmy. But also I'm also not like fixing. Am I Madonna? Because I'm not showing up to like Diane Van Furstenberg's yacht. Yeah, I think you're Madonna and are you, I, I want to say this, but you're not Jude Law vaccinating just like oh, vaccinating like so many refugees, <laughs> so many child soldiers. Uh, no, I'm so, I mean, if, if I am anything, I am not like I think here's it, we're, we're both stone. You're stone in your study of broadness. But I'm not stone. I'm, I'm like the least fake charity person ever. Like you will never yes. see me fucking share a goddamn fundraiser link in my life unless I'm like working for the candidate, in which case I'm getting paid for it. But like I'm not like, oh, I'm doing this foundation. Oh, so to now look good. we know who you are. You're just actually just like a random gay working the MFAR. <laughs> <laughs> And you're texting me on the Blackberry being like, oh my God, Sharon Stone is here. No, and I'd be just be like, oh my God, and I'd Madonna, be like, Madonna's not so here sorry. yet. Madonna's Madonna not here. hasn't showed up yet. Um, fire code, Madonna's not here yet. <laughs> no, literally DEFCON 5, yeah. Madonna hasn't arrived. Okay, that's me. Well, this book was a journey. It was um, a true journey. I give it, um, okay, I'll say this. Audiobook, I give it nine $10,000 charity plates out of 10. Yeah. The book, I don't know, 8.5. It's like, do read it. It's fucking random. I, okay, see, I have a very, I guess I have a very different recommendation than you, even more so than other books. Like, to me, this book is actually like, Two out of five Barry Diller yachts. I'm like, there was so much of this book is just kind of hard to follow and rambly and I think, random. No, and I think that's why I'm saying with, because as I told you, I was packing all this weekend and I started to read it and I was like, well, one, I'm just not going to have time to read this book. So I have to go audio. But also I was opening it up and getting confused. So I'm with you on reading the actual book where you're like, what? And then I was still on audio and like I would go back because I'd be like vacuuming or something and I'd be like, wait, what's going on? Like, I get that she <laughs> is fab and she literally is Sharon Stone. Like, there's yeah. no there's no debate about the fact that she is Sharon Stone. <laughs> like, that is definitely 100% true. But I'm kind of just like, okay, I got, I, I was into the Munchausen medical stuff because, like, of my whole medical yeah. issue. And I was into the idea, like, when she tells her dad, like, imagine that the tumor, because when her dad has esophageal yes. cancer, and she's like, and they're like, oh, we can't operate because the, the tumor's not actually in she's the like, esophagus. Imagine it's coming out. And, and, he, and she was just like, imagine it needed to move into the esophagus for them to be able to operate on it. And she was like, imagine it's moving in. And he did for a week, and then it literally moved. And I was like, okay, that's ham. I'm into this whole just, like, forcing your body via mental focus to like do what it needs to do but overall the book was just like so scattered there wasn't enough like talk about her actual career yeah there I wasn't fully... enough there was name dropping but there wasn't any like tea. actual tea like unlike Janice which is just like yeah I fucked this person or unlike Jennifer Lewis is like this person had this big of a dick I was like we didn't get actually any tea about any of these people no and I will say I love all those books actually much more than this I think it's like it's in this another genre where I just like appreciated like how redonk and caring and like narcissistic was yeah no i i for I, kind of this like genre of just being like damn bitch you're yeah. really just going all you're really the way carrying. you're really caring about just like your time in africa and just like the 90 foundations you're doing so yeah i would say all those other books that you mentioned that we've read are better but i'm just like yeah she carries <laughs> yeah. and that's and what then I we didn't even read the patty smith portion, we didn't even get uh 
There, there is oh, a part wait. where she, Patti Smith, and, and Donna, Donna Karen, Karen are all at the same restaurant in downtown Manhattan. Eating a late lunch alone, and they all start to gabbing. They all gab. And it's Donna Karen comes over and says hello, and then Patti Smith comes over and says, hey, I want in on this. Oh, this is what I was going to say, actually. I'm Patti Smith. You're Donna Karen. Oh, I've got these <laughs> massive jugs. <laughs> Huge toss. I guess actually in that sense, you're Donna I'm Karen. Donna, yeah, I'm Donna Karen. I'm Sharon you're Stone. You're Sharon Stone. We're both talking to Patty. We're both talking to each other. And then Patty Smith walks yeah. up to us and is like, I want in. I want in. And we're just like, ah, this is the best moment of our life. Exactly. It's just yeah. like that. I mean, that's also what's so my mom is because my mom is obsessed with Patty Smith. Mm. And like, and Sharon Stone is so like, fuck Mick Jagger. Patty Smith. Yeah. No, when she said, she, and Patty walked over and I said, Mick who? Yeah, Mick who? <laughs> Y'all. Do what you will with that. Do what you will with this. And with all this information that you have been bequeathed. Ultimately, like, do be suspicious of doctors. Like, no, they truly ask don't for have sec- your best interest in no. art. Ask for a second opinion. Get your friends in the operating room. <laughs> no, get them to hold your hands. Like, doctors are always talking so fast. And you're like, sorry, slow down. I also didn't go to med school. Well, they're like, literally just trying to get you at the doors and get the fucking next person on the goddamn no, table. And money, it's like, money, money. Yeah. Doctors are fake. So our next book is so exciting. It is going to be our second set of sisters. <laughs> Wait. Oh, Christine, it's her. Yeah. But these are very different types very of different, sisters. Very different. Very American sisters. A little more sisters that, yeah, I'd like to see be sisters, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, Lily, literally, <laughs> you need to be put in jail. You need to go into horny prison. Um, we are talking, of course, about none other than WWE superstars, the, the Bella, Bella twins. twins. They're also on the show, um, Total Divas. Divas, Total Divas, which I need to like binge this week. I've seen it. It's really good. One of them was dating, I want to say John, John Cena. Cena. Yeah. And we haven't done a wrestling book yet, which is super exciting. I'm super excited to dive into that industry. The wrestling industry. Even more crazy about this episode is we will be breaking Celebrity Book Club convention for the very first time and having, in the first time in history... A guest. A guest. Or two guests. Not just one guest, but two. We will be... Cross-potting. Cross-potting, joined by the host of the incredible podcast, Who Weekly, which dives into the... Pop culture. Pop culture and those those C-list, wait, who's that kind of celebrities Mm -hmm. that you just love to make fun of in your life as a guilty pleasure consumer? Um, uh, And we're going to have an amazing... Little chit-chat. Yeah, a little chit-chat. Around the ring. We're going to get in the ring with them. We're we're going (laughs) to... Smackdown, okay? Total Smackdown. Total podcast. Celebrity Book Club at Who Weekly. <laughs> Who will win? Four hosts enter, one host leaves. So get like super pumped so for that. So get fucking pumped to get fucking wasted to yeah. listen to that at 9 a.m. next Wednesday. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, well, okay. Uh, we will see you soon. <laughs> we'll Thank you, see so, you so much. much. Thank you. Thank you. Best. Celebrity Book Club is presented by Pro Love Projects and HeadGum. The show is produced by Meg Murnane with editorial support from Andrew Parsons and Leon Nafalk. Engineering by Ferris Monchi. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. Follow us on Twitter at CBC The Pod. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. 
That was a HeadGum Podcast. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.